most part. Camilla stayed at Rainbow's End only when Ben was away fighting in the war. Like most other able-bodied white, Asian or coloured men in Rhodesia, he was on compulsory call-up with the army for periods that varied from unit to unit but could be anything up to six weeks at a stretch. At those times Camilla would take the kids and they would spend a month or so with his parents, where Ben felt there was safety in numbers and where her nurse's training meant that she could help his father care for her gravely ill mother-in-law, Sheila. Camilla loved Rainbow's End as much as Ben did, but the terrorists were known to use the weir on the farm as a crossing place, and she'd come to dread the opening of the game park gate that led to the house, particularly when they had to wrestle with its lock after nightfall. It was the perfect place for an ambush. Once... When Bruce had climbed out in the darkness to open it, their extreme vulnerability, an anxious mother and a small, careful boy, had smacked her in the chest like a physical force, and she'd cried out to him to hurry. More recently, too, something else had happened to make her think differently about the place. She had awoken one night with the overwhelming sense that an evil presence was in the house. The feeling was so intense and she was so distressed by it that she shook the children from their sleep. They'd all held hands and said a prayer. Over the weeks the feeling had faded, but she'd never totally dismissed it. It was gone, but definitely not forgotten. On Monday, January 9th, the foresters rose to the hiss of crickets and fierce singing of birds. Africa's fervent celebration of life after a bout of heavy rain. Before long, the echoey old passages of Rainbow's End rang with the laughter of their sons and the husky, fresh-broken voices of the visiting boys. Julie, the lone girl, was sick in bed. So was Sheila, for whom they'd just taken on a black nurse's aide. Camilla did her best to keep them from feeling left out, particularly because old Mr. Forrester was away in the eastern highlands. Ben was to spend the day procuring the last of the supplies for the farm store, and the bare-chested boys were already on their way down to the rushing brown river in front of the house, the summer sun warm on their skin. Later that morning, Camilla had to drive to Wicklow on an errand. By then, Bruce had had his fill of splashing and diving with the others in the foaming pools below the weir, and he dried himself off and told her that he'd like to come with her and fly his falcon. On the airstrip at Wicklow, they stood together and watched the falcon's freedom flight. It soared in the haze above the crop sprayer's ragged runway. Bruce had never been a particularly demonstrative child. He had something of his father's shy reserve. But in the thrill of the moment, he turned to his mother and gave her a hug. Camilla squeezed him hard, and felt elated. Yesterday, it had come home to her how precious and brief life is. They'd gone to church, as usual. During the service, the minister had told them of an attack the previous day on a farming family in the rural community of Norton, which lay between Hartley and Salisbury. The congregation winced audibly. Most of them were farmers, well aware that at any given hour it could happen to them. Many were friends with the family involved. 
Billy Miller had been on patrol with his army unit in the valleys around Lake McElwain, coincidentally close to his own farm. His wife and two daughters waited alone at home. When a fuel delivery driver knocked on their door asking for directions to the house on the farm's second section, usually occupied by Billy's brother and his wife, now away on holiday, they offered to show him the way, and walked into an ambush. Sheila Miller and fifteen-year-old Sarah were killed outright. The other daughter, Victoria, was left for dead. Down in the valley, Billy heard the shots. Camilla had found it difficult to come to terms with the realisation that an entire family, bonded tight by love and memories, could be devastated at the speed of a bullet or the notion that no one in the tragedy was where they should have been, or could have been, had circumstances been different. She was quite shaken by the story.